Um, he finally got around to uh, listening to our podcast. Yeah. And um, he had some things to say about books. Yeah. Let me just see if I can find what he said here. If he says reading's gay, I'm going to be really upset. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, 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 no. You guys read? That's gay. No, 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 no. He asked, which sci-fi books have you recommended to Adam so far? So I told him, and he mentioned that he loved Hail Mary by the same author as The Martian. Oh, yeah, that's why I've heard of it. I yep. was told Andy that Weir. I, I was told that I would like that, too. Yep. Um, couple you and maybe Adam might like that I've enjoyed. West of January by Dave Duncan. Also, he's a Calgary author. Reading it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, Three Body Problem. Hard sci-fi, but in terms of interstellar physics. The Forever War. I think you might enjoy that one more than Adam. Shrug. Uh, West of January is what I recommend for Adam the most, given his love of Ender's Game. Yeah, I don't know. I I honestly don't know why he, or what aspect of that book he relates to Ender's Game. Have you finished the book? No, I'm about one third the way through it. Right. But I see where it's going. I see what it's about. Right. The premise is brilliant. Cool. It's brilliant. I won't give anything away Thank you. by telling you this, um, but essentially what it's about is there is a planet around a sun that is not quite locked around it. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it appears locked, but it actually does slightly rotate. But it takes more than a full revolution, or slightly more, to, to for the whole planet to face the sun. So essentially, the planet is divided up into not time zones of geographic space, but months of geographic space. And as each part of the world rotates from the frozen night side to the sunny side, it starts as a frozen, dead landscape and then thaws and turns into a lot of water and wetlands and lakes and oceans. And then as it passes the high point facing the sun dead on, that's when things start getting hairy. And then, you know, and then eventually that passes and you get into a sort of a downturn side of the weather until slowly the sun is lower and lower in the horizon over the passing year and then finally is gone and then it goes back into a frozen landscape again and uh, the story is essentially about the the civilizations that exist on this planet it sounds like a book i would look so far it's been pretty uh incredible cool yeah so far it's been pretty incredible Reminded me a lot of Ringworld in many respects. Sounds like it. Yeah, it sounds like it could very easily remind you of that. Because 
the world is its a, is a personality in the story. Oh, it's absolutely a character. Yeah. 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 I finished the year off at 56. Yeah. 56. You were going for 50. 50 was the number, and then I had a bunch of time left, so I was like, all right. Nice. Let's just toss a couple more on yeah. the fire, and I did it. Yeah. And I started the new year reading. Uh, I started to read the goal book. The whole reason for wanting to read is actually this book. And uh, I wanted to be sure that I was ready to undertake such a feat. And it's The Count of Monte Cristo. I bought that book, oh, 25 years ago or so, uh, when a good friend of mine was reading it. And he was like, Jesus Christ, this is amazing. <laughs> and it took him months to read this book. And he carried around a dictionary with him. And, like, it was, yeah. Is it a big book? Well, yeah, it's 1,300 pages. Oh, yeah, I'd yeah. say. Hefty. And it was written in 18-something. And it's French. And so it's translated to English. Oh. So not only do you get old-timey language, you just get just fucking French. French places, French people, French slang, French everything. And it's very difficult to read. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I wanted to read, be able or to know that I could read a bunch of books <clears throat> confidently before I tackled this big bastard because I've always wanted to and I've always been very intimidated by it. It's a slow go, but mm. I'm doing it. I'm going to read that hmm. book. It's going to take a while. Like I, think I'm page, I think I'm on page like 125, and it's been a week of reading. Jeez. <laughs> She's a tough go. Wow. You need a break. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, welcome to uh, episode 24 of... games is is this episode's um topic apparently apparently yeah we over the last year we've you know we talk about video games little tiny bits usually as just examples and i think we probably talk about video games more after we end the podcast right um as an afterthought well, yeah. yeah, or just filler, or just something else. Conversational. Yeah, exactly. I would imagine that there are people that would be surprised that you play video games. Uh, me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not super common to find a sixty-year-old man who plays video games. Really? Yeah, not really. Like some, but I don't think a lot. Okay. Yeah, not that you're like weird. And, like, totally alone in the forest. But it's... My wife was surprised. She's like, really? Hmm. Uh, yeah. See, that kind of surprises me that you would say that. Because 
while I don't actually know many people my age who play video games, mm -hmm. I never assumed that they didn't. I'm right. Because the only times I've ever talked to people my age about any video games is whenever I knew for a fact that they played a certain kind right. that I also played. Um, like there's a guy I know, for example, who's actually older than me, and he's he's even more into flight simulator software than I am. Like he's just like that's all he does. Right. That's his. That's thing. his thing. It so even happens that, at my age. Like it's a bit alienating. Yeah. Like the games that, and maybe it's just the games that I choose. I bet you probably would have more of a similar demographic playing a flight sim than I do with the games that I play. Right. Like, I'm always the old guy in the games that I played. So maybe that's just my own bias. Maybe people are, wouldn't be surprised, but anyway. Right. I was just thinking about how, how it's a similar thing that we have, and other topics we, we do, we talk about where, or how it all started, where we were first introduced to it. Right. And what it looked like. Well, I certainly didn't get into video games in the beginning of video games. That's for sure. Right. Like when people were loading up games on their Commodore VIC-20s or their Commodore 64s or their Tandy 1000s or whatever the case. Uh, what's, the, what's the one uh, you just died of? <laughs> oh, Oregon Trail. Oregon Trail. <laughs> I didn't Died play any of those games. Right. I didn't play any of those games. Um, I, I just didn't find them engaging enough. Um, every once in a while I'd find myself at someone's house who had a video game system where they were playing Pong right. with actual, you know, yep. rotary uh, controllers. Um, and I'd be like, oh, this is kind of interesting but not so interesting that I, I'm going to go to the store this weekend and buy one. Um, I don't really think I started getting into video games until I watched someone else play SimCity on their computer. Oh, and yeah. I was like, oh, what is this? Right. Because... What really drew me to it is that I've always, 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 always been interested in how cities work, how road networks do or do not work. And so when I saw what you could do in SimCity, I was just like, oh, yeah, I have got to try this because now I can see whether I have what it takes to make a city work, right. even though it's... Yeah, yeah. You know, within the constraints and the boundaries of a very simplistic computer program. Um, and I was hooked. I was hooked. I was one of those people who would stay up till one in the morning playing SimCity. You know, while other people would stay up till one or two in the morning playing, you know, first-person shooters or whatever. Um, so that's, that's what got me hooked, was SimCity. And I never looked back. Like, I've played every version of SimCity... You know, I've owned every version of SimCity. Uh, I've graduated to City Skylines, uh, uh, Surviving Mars, which takes kind of, you know, uh, infrastructure planning to a whole new level. 
Um, and I find that very, um, uh, very interesting and very exciting. And then Civilization, which I'm playing version 6 right now, and I find it neat because it sort of takes a detour from infrastructure planning to, you know, civilization planning. Right, empire building. Empire building, exactly. And um, I've tried other empire building uh, games and I've just found them way, way too complicated. Mm. Too many variables to control and think about. And uh, I just draw the line at the complexity of a Civilization Six because I, you know, I'm I'm not I'm going in there to just blow the shit out of things. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah. can I get this civilization up and running to a point where I can start overrunning everybody else? Oh, look, I can. It's kind of like a slightly more sophisticated version of Risk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which was, you know, at one time almost everybody's favorite board game. Especially when families got together and you could, you know, pummel Sis again, again, even though she claimed that she'd gotten better at the game since the last time you guys played. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, no, you haven't. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's always been about The Sims. Yep. Except for The Sims. I, right. never, I never gave that a try. And I don't know why, but I would kind of like hear what other people were doing in The Sims. And I would just think, that just sounds like pure escapism to an alternate life, a digital life. And it certainly turned into that. And it doesn't really have any goal or challenge. It's just like... You go into this alternate life and you live it. It's not like I didn't see the point. I just didn't see the value mm -hmm. for the time invested. I'm sure there are a lot of people that would find it interesting enough to engage with it for hours at a time. I was not one of those people. For decades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Because what are we up to now? The Sims... I don't know. Four or five? I don't five? know if it is four. I don't, know. I don't know. I never... I think I played it a couple times. I think a million years ago I stole it oh, yeah. off some weird Juarez site. Right. And just to... I tried it out and I was like... I could see the allure. But because I was downloading everything and yep. playing everything, yep. something else took more attention. Right, right. But, but it is... It's probably a game that I would enjoy, just because it's it is mindless and it is escapism. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and that. And if that's what you need, there it is. Yeah, and those and seemingly those are the games that I. No, I don't want to. That sounds too philosophical. I don't know what kind of games that I latch onto and why I do. Uh, basically, games that just take you really deep. Mm-hmm. And. Um, satisfy the completionist in me because that's what I yeah. like to do. I like to do all the things as long as all the things is a lot. Like World of Warcraft. That's what I loved yeah. about World yeah. of Warcraft. Yeah. Is that it didn't end. If you were explaining World of Warcraft to a complete noob mm -hmm. who has never had any 
exposure to that kind of a game genre, mm-hmm. how would you explain it to them? Because I mean, I've I know what World of Warcraft is, but I couldn't tell you what it's about or what you get to do in it. You are a character on one of two factions okay. that have been at war for a very long time. The Alliance and the Horde, and you pick... There are multiple races on either side, and you get to be one. And what the original intention was is that you were... You would go into this world, and you would accomplish quests. So you'd walk up to a non-player character, mm-hmm. and they would have a quest for you. Mm-hmm. You And then you go accomplish it, and you come back to them, and they give you experience, money, sometimes items. And there are thousands and thousands of quests. Example of a quest. Go kill a bunch of these wolves who are fucking up this farm. Got or it. there are... Go find a out bunch what of this bandits. stranger that's yeah. hanging out is, is up to. Right. Or something. Yeah, there are some bandits over there. Or Did it usually... In, did it almost always involve killing something? Uh, or gathering. Or gathering. Those are the two finding and gathering. Those are the two big ones. Um, As the game progressed now for twenty years, uh, quest chains. There were quest chains before where one thing led into another, led into another, and led into another. So you'd have some that were very, very long, um, like dozens of quests, to the point where you would have to team up with four other people or in some instances uh, 24 other people to go into these dungeons to kill these giant monsters, bosses to acquire an item or just to have killed him. Um, so, so typically you're not playing solo. The thing about World of Warcraft is you can absolutely play solo. But it's more fun, more that, engaging. Not even necessarily. Okay. It depends what you want out of it. Right. Um, you can definitely play by yourself. And right. I enjoyed primarily playing by myself. But I played for so long that I, I indulged in both sides very heavily. Right. And I always came back to playing by myself. From 10,000 feet up, ultimately, that's it. Is you do quests. Mm-hmm. You get items. You get stronger, mm-hmm. like you level you up. You experience. Yeah, there are level caps Wisdom for every expansion. Yep. The first one was zero to 60. Yeah. And um, so once you got to level 60, you could then, um, if you did a certain amount of quests, then you could get into these big giant dungeons because they had things called attunement quests where you had to go all over the world. And the world was huge, is huge. To gather all these things. So from 10,000 feet up, that's what it is. But the addiction comes in with the acquisition of things. Like if you are a little bit of a hoarder, these games are super dangerous. Because you want all the things. Even though they're not real. Right. But they are real. And whether you could even make use of them or not. Some of them you don't. Some of them are aesthetic. Some of them are just... Bragging rights, because the whole community wants that. 
and so why can are, it get dangerous if you take the acquiring of the things too seriously because you don't stop playing. okay yeah you don't stop playing it you feeds play it feeds ever. an addiction of of a sort mm, yes yeah absolutely yeah. it does absolutely it does yeah i jones all the time i haven't played in two years and i jones constantly i want to play i want to play I want to play. Wow, really? Eh? <laughs> yeah, but I can't, because there's I, no time. Probably. No, there is. Okay. Like, you're a junkie. All right. You fucking make time. Right. Okay, got it. It's a fucking real problem. Right. right. Like it's, it's the greatest game that's ever been made, and I will stand to that forever because you just it's just, and it's super deep. There's so many things you can do. Like, in, obviously, it's not infinite, but it might as fucking well be. And so, this is one of the reasons why I think I've been drawn to certain types of games over others. Civilization VI, which I'm back into it again. I mm -hmm. I kind of let it slide for a few months. Sure. And I've let it slide a few months before that too. When I before I got back into it. The, the last time before the last time before the last time. And I think part of the reason why I enjoy playing it as much as I do is because I, I haven't gotten so engrossed, is I guess the right word, mm -hmm. in my progress in the game that I've allowed, or yeah, that I've, that I've needed to play for more than an hour at a time. <laughs> That's so fucking wild. I just, I get to a certain point in my advancement of my civilization, and it says, next turn, and I go, do I really need to do that next turn, or have I kind of got my head in a place where I know when I come back into this what I wanted to do next? Because that was one of the things that I found was a big challenge in turning a game off when I would play other games is that I would have a goal in mind, yep. and I would have the mental steps that I figured I needed to take to get to that goal, yep. and I would be afraid to leave the game for fear that I would forget what the next step was supposed to be. Oh, yeah. So it's like, screw it. You may as well stay in it. Until you get there. Until you get there, and then save and call it quits then. But I'm finding now with uh, that game in particular that I don't have to do that because once I get back into the game and I look at where all my, uh, you know, armies and navies and uh, what, what cities are waiting on what resources to be built and so on and so on, I just wing it and say, oh, okay, so now I'll just take it from here and see where I can evolve this. And and that actually adds a little bit of variety to the game too, because then I never approach uh, approach it the same way twice. Sure. I say, oh, let's see what happens if I do this instead. Are you serious when you say an hour? Yeah. Dude, that's so fucked up. I played Civilization once, and it was Civ Five. <laughs> oh, actually, it might have been six. Anyway, I don't know. I'd have to check my Steam. I don't know. It's not installed. But <laughs> um, and. The first time I turned it on, mm -hmm. I think I probably turned it on at 8 o'clock. Yeah. And then it was 3. Wow. And just, and I'm like, 
What the fuck just happened? I mean, I've gone longer than an hour. No, I get it. But that's my But I had to turn it off. Right. I I recognize, like, my life would be over. Because that game was just... But this is probably... there's so much to do. It doesn't... Right. Like, you don't... It tweaks that addictive part of your personality. Oh, yeah. I just can't fathom turning it off. Right. It's like, no, I got to do this. Right. Oh, no, I got to do yeah, this. Yeah, I'm not leaving that till those jets get built. Right. All that shit. <laughs> it's just so wild. Like, your, we've spoken about it before, but your self-control on, on those games, on games, period, just leaves me astounded. Now, like, I got a on the flip side of the coin it. is flight, sim. I fly X-Plane. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't want to be flying for hours at a time because flights are boring. The only part of a flight that's interesting is the takeoff and the landing. That's it. So I try to make my flights as short as possible. And if I'm going to be doing a long flight that in real time would take two hours or three hours, I'll cheat. And once I'm at altitude, I'll put the, I'll put the time sim multiplier on like four or eight and just let it race closer to the destination Mm -hmm. and then once i'm about 100 or 150 miles out i'll put it back into real time again and start getting ready to figure out how i'm going to land in san diego this time right in this jet or whatever yeah i love being able to take off fly find somewhere to land land and sometimes I've even done like little hop flights all around North America. You know, start in Montreal, work my way down the East Coast, then across through Texas into California, up the West Coast, then finally back to Calgary. Um, and I get really annoyed when I'm halfway through a flight and Darlene says, okay, we're, we're going. I don't want to abandon the flight, so I'll just pause it. <laughs> right. And then when, as soon as I get home, I'll... Because I want to get to the landing part too, because that's just as a, that's probably the most exciting part of the whole flight. Because you know, one little misstep and well, you and all of your passengers. That's right. Ahead. You and all the people on board uh, don't make it. So yeah, it's been it's been weird. Because when I was younger, I would play some games for hours and hours and hours, especially uh, the ones that come to mind are the first person shooters like mm-hmm. Doom and. Uh, whatever came after Doom, I forget. Um, Quake. Yeah, and um, and then uh, the one that really, yeah, Wolfenstein, Castle Wolfenstein, and all of its derivatives. Um, and then uh, didn't really get into anything else until Call of Duty came out. Oh, yeah. And then Call of Duty uh, I found quite fascinating, mostly because of how real everything looked. Like, Call of Duty for me was a bit of a, like a, an eye-opener in terms of how good video uh, rendering was coming. And I mean, I don't know if the people who listen to this podcast play games that are gen- whose environments are generated by the Unreal uh, 5 engine, but there are people who just use the Unreal 5 engine just to generate things that they have in their head and turn them into almost real life in that engine. Mm-hmm. 
I'm guessing either for its artistic merit or maybe as a means of, you know, saying to the world, hey, look how good I am at designing things in Unreal, right. in Unreal Engine, so hire me to help make your video game or whatever. Right. But the realism that's available to graphic designers in these, these uh, rendering engines now is just unbelievable. Yeah, it's pretty bonkers. Uh, I got into, uh, because when I heard it described to me on what they were going for, uh, and in the beginning, before they had everything figured out, you could get in on the ground floor, uh, dirt cheap, as No Man's Sky. <laughs> yeah. I got into that. Yeah. And played with that for a few months. Sure. And um, it was it was it was wild. It was interesting. But I got bored of it really fast because in the beginning, there wasn't really too much you could do except mine shit, stay away from the dangerous animals, and then, you know, maybe, yeah, fly around from planet to planet, and then, you know, go back to the trading post, and and then eventually... um, um, You know, you could start fighting other people and uh, selling your ship trading for upgrades and buying upgrades and stuff like that. And like No Man's Sky, I don't think really came into its own until after I grew tired of it. Yeah, that was the case for most people. It's apparently now a very good game. Yeah, apparently. But but that ship has sailed. That's right. Yeah, only the hardcore people who stuck around or joined it later. Or joined it later, yeah. Uh, came across a product that was worth uh, investing time into. But, you know, again, that's another game that if you've got that addictive um, element in your personality, oh, my God. Yeah. And it's got nothing... to see that person again. It's got nothing (laughs) on that game, Eve. Right. Yeah. I've never played it, but I've heard all about it. Eve is it. Right. Yeah. Like it's... And Eve is like No Man's Sky, but isn't it more about... It's like Civilization, but... Taken to the extreme. Well, it's not like civilization in the sense that you control simulated entities. It's you. Mm -hmm. You can you can control things that you have purchased, Mm -hmm. but it's more about the fact that communities exist and you participate in these giant communities that are filled with people that have rules that own sectors of space. So they've literally built spacefaring civilizations of their own. Yes. That you can then interact with. Yes. And and they'll be as interesting as the mind of the people who created them. Yeah. And wow. you want to blow your mind. Spend some time on YouTube looking at the history of Eve and yeah, shit that has yeah. happened. You'll be like, no. And like maybe real some gameplay? politics. The gameplay, maybe some gameplay. Right. But that's not the interesting part. Right. The interesting part is the evolution of it. Yeah. And yeah. how it... The politics of the game. It's wild. Is that right? Yeah. Mafias, cartels. People have been physically injured, attacked, because there's real money involved in some instances. Right. Right. That was the thing that like I remembered the most wild. about it. It's You don't so get anything cool. for free. You have to... Right. Earn it or buy it, but you're likely going to have to buy it. Right. With yeah. real money. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think they took that away. I don't know. I don't want to speak to it. It's been a long time since I... Because I never played it. And that's, that was the whole thing with it. Is It's like, this is a game that has no rules. I worked with guys who were really into it. And a guy who had to stop. He's like, I can't. Like, it was fucking up my life. Right. And then he fell off the wagon and it was neat to watch. Because <laughs> he just like, poof, gone. Where'd you go, buddy? Yep. Interesting. I did get into a couple of games that were kind of like, you know, walk-through adventures, like uh, Firewatch. Um, Is that that survival one? It's not a survival one. It's, it's, it's one of these ambling kind of uh, mystery stories. Oh, okay, where, okay, okay. Uh, you've been hired as a as a forest ranger to go sit up in a observation tower watching for forest fires, and you get involved in a story. Okay. So somebody comes on the radio and says, "Hey, there's a problem over here. Can you go investigate it?" And you get down from your tower and you go for a walk. Yeah, and, movie. And you get to yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's it's a video game movie essentially. Uh, there are some divergent paths that you can take in the story, so it's not always, uh, it doesn't always uh, play out exactly the same, depending on the decisions yep. and the choices that you make. Sure. And um, I had heard that most of them were lame. Most of those types of games were pretty lame because the people who developed them really didn't have much in the way of, uh, you know, alternate choices and much of an imagination. But Firewatch. I had heard was one of the better ones. So mm -hmm. I thought, eh. I waited for it to go on sale on a Steam sale or whatever and I got it and it was it was interesting. Um but it didn't have me going, Ooh, I gotta get me more of these. You know what I mean? It was like, okay, I gave it a try. The only other one that I tried uh that was similar, but it was in set in space in an abandoned um space station instead of in the middle of a, a forest or whatever, was Tacoma. So, yeah. I really enjoy games that are are like movies. They're like interactive movies. Mm -hmm. And there is one game in particular that really made me feel that, and that was GTA V. GTA IV oh, did yeah. it, but GTA V really, really did it. Yeah. It was... Wild. Yeah. It's such an incredible game. Yeah. Grand yeah. Theft Auto 5. GTA 5. Yeah. Man. Yep. If you haven't played it and you've got a semi strong stomach, you should play it. Right. It's a really great game. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one that I have to play that I just, I got to get a console to do it is Red Dead Redemption 2, which is like apparently the best game ever made hmm. and it's just it's a story and you participate in this movie basically hmm. and it's just phenomenal phenomenal I really like games like that because um, with GTA 5 there is the movie part and then there is the end so it's finite mm -hmm. except there's a lot of shit you can do between the beginning and the end right. that are off the main story right. that are still very interesting right it's a really wonderful game 
So in Grand Theft Auto, how do you know what you're supposed to do next versus taking a sidetrack, or does it matter? The story is... Like, do you know what's supposed to, yeah. what you're supposed to be doing? Yeah, the narrative pushes you along by, like, you get a phone call, and you got to do X, Y, Z. Right. But sometimes you can be driving, like, you're driving to a destination, mm. say, to start this thing, or even in the middle, and you're driving down the street, and you hear someone scream something. Right. You can stop and interact with that person. Yeah. And maybe there's a long quest line or maybe it's just... Um, they're just yakking. They're just yakking or they've got a job for you to uh-huh. do or you got to shoot them in the face or just like who knows or it's a hooker or like who knows. And are you supposed to be killing people? Like is that part of the fun? Or, or is it like can you avoid doing that if you want to I did I avoided it all the time because I had a real I, I was struggling yeah like ethically right like I would quit playing that game and going whoa because <laughs> I fucking killed a lot of people who are totally innocent right those are the people that would fu- yes you do have to kill people but the intended targets right like right. the guys that were shooting back yeah. at you yeah yeah okay but yeah you you're trying to, if you don't kill them they're going to kill you right but if you're just driving your car to a destination, you can very easily can just stop swerve the onto the yep. sidewalk. Right. And just and take them out. And just ugly. Ugly. Or get out of your car and just shoot someone in the face. And everybody just runs. And you can chase them down. You beat them to death and you get their money. So let's, <laughs> let's do a little sidetrack from this exact topic. What are your thoughts? How does playing a game like that yep. affect your psyche in terms of whether you would consider doing stuff like that in the real world? Me personally, yeah. I wouldn't do it in the real world. But, but. after a long session mm-hmm. of playing GTA V, mm-hmm. there is a sense that of when you... I'm driving my vehicle yeah. that I could be in the game. I know that I'm not in the game, but the game is immersive. Right. And, it, and you can visualize fucking smashing into a car or right. stealing somebody else's right. car. Or, right. Because there's that sense, there are most assuredly people that would and have acted on feelings that they're having because of games like that. Right. I think it's ignorant to think that the game that has no can't affect anybody can't affect anybody negatively That's right absolutely not the case but it has to be a certain kind of person that would be affected by the game in that way totally yes totally uh-huh. yeah you you're not all there to and then you'd have to ask the question would a person who would be inclined to be motivated to do stuff like that in real life based on their interaction with a video game would they have eventually done stuff like that in real life had they not played any violent video games? Right. And I personally believe the answer is likely yes, because sooner or later, like the person, a person who is inclined to commit acts of violence in real life doesn't just do it out of the blue. I Generally. think. 
unless generally, they're, unless they've there's been a thinking stint, about it, fantasizing about it, thinking right. about how they're going to do it, sure. who they're going to pick on, how they're going to accomplish what they're going to accomplish, what might happen after it's over, yep. if it even gets that far. The gameplay might be a trigger, but I don't think it's the cause. No, no, I don't. And but, but it. Regular people it could give them who aren't inclined though. to going outside and committing acts of violence are just basically using it as a an, another form of escapism. Yeah, it's uh, see how the other half lives. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a role play, but with slightly more vivid. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely like a role play. It definitely is. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's the thing about that argument I find is that, like, do video games cause people to be violent? Some people, yes. Yeah. Most people, no. No. Like, so when the reports come back and they say no, that's generally true. Mm-hmm. But of course it isn't definitively true. Right. Like, yeah, it's going to fuck Everyone some is different. weird incel kid yeah. right up. Yeah. May totally. I go, oh, yeah, no, that feels good. Yeah. But you're right. They probably have the tendency, and they probably, or they may have gotten there anyway. Mm-hmm. An interesting question is: is the someone who has those feelings and they play that game? Does it satiate those feelings so they don't commit violence? That's a really good question. That's one that I want to know. Yeah, me which too. Which you could never me know. Me too. But that's always the question that I want to ask: is like, does it? Because I do believe it does break people, or could break people, but can it also save people? And who I've are, even thought about this too, because you know when I was, when I play Call of Duty, I'm I'm not playing it for the challenge of the game, because I'll cheat, and I think I've mentioned this to you before, and you laughed when I said it. I'll put I'll put a cheat on so that I can't so that I can't die. Sure. Because I'm not playing the game to see if I can survive. I'm playing the game because I want to sneak up on Nazis and kill them. It's it's fun to sneak up on Nazis and snipe them from 50 yards or whatever the case may be. But and the thing is is that as fun as I as much fun as I have gleaned from doing that in the game. Yeah, I just as soon as the game is off, yep. that, you know, that line of thinking, that line of endorphins uh, is shut off and there's, you know, there's no lasting effects in my brain making me think, hmm, I wonder what it would be like to sneak up and <laughs> shoot real people <laughs> who I don't like. Or and whatever. I have the exact same feeling. Except for that one game, that one time. And that's why I mentioned it. Right. Like, it happened. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, that's wild. Wild. And were you, like, totally sober and straight and everything? Oh, when yeah. you had that experience? Mm-hmm. So it was really having it was an real. effect on your psyche. It really in did. In real time. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Not, again, I'll reiterate that it wasn't to the point where I was going to steer into people. Right. But it was like... It was becoming There was a separation of church real. and state there, man. It was becoming too real mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yep. 
Now, it didn't stop me from playing the game. Right. Because now, but I recognize that it's a thing that could happen. Right. It was wild. But that's the only game that's ever happened. Hmm. Because you drive your car every day. Yeah. And and it probably, I'm going to totally I'm spending speculate. most of my driving life avoiding hitting people. Right, of course. <laughs> but what I was going to say is that a big part of the uh, anxieties that I feel are based on accidents. Not necessarily car accidents, right. but like accidents. So it feeds that oh, terrible OCD part right. of Right. Getting hit by a car. Right. Yeah, so that... Right. Yeah. So I'm that guy that I was talking about. Mental health issues. Right. GTA 5. Right. Watch out, everybody. When GTA 6 comes out, you're all dead. So when you were... So when you're in GTA and you're actually killing other characters in the game, mm-hmm. is there any element of guilt creeping into your psyche? An unbelievable amount. Is that right? Unbelievable eh? amount. Like it's we just too real for you. Yeah, it's fucking crazy because you're killing innocent people. Right. You're not, but you are. Right. And they're screaming. And it's tricking your and mind. Terrified. Yeah. Like terrified. Right. And you see them. And yeah, I've driven many missions in that game, paying attention to streetlights <laughs> and shit like that. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's wild. And it was very enjoyable. That is something else. It was. It's. It's really weird. That is it's something. It's really neat. Yeah. Just high levels something. of empathy. I guess. I uh, played Postal once. Oh fuck! I could not play that game. I did. That fucked me up. I played it. Yeah. But I. Not long. It made me laugh. Of course. Because it was just outrageous. Yeah. So I'm wondering if maybe GTA would do the same thing to me. Oh, it absolutely is. After a while, I would just start laughing at what's going on. Yeah. And it's funny for me, the opposite happened. At the beginning, it was very funny. Right. But over periods of time, you're like... Not so funny. But still funny. Yeah. Because that feeling would come and go. Right. It wouldn't be always. Because sometimes you would... Like, if you just said to yourself, well, I'm just going to be killing... NPC, but if you're driving in a mission and some lady's just walking across the street and boop over the hood she goes and you can see her rag doll like that bitch is dead, like super dead. I killed that person. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> it's such a good game. It's so crazy. I can't wait for six. I can't wait for six. I will buy a new console for six. And I take it the graphics are just out, out of this world. I don't know. Uh, some people like. Maybe not. I'm past that point where I give you a shit. You don't care. I right. don't care anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I play World of Warcraft. The game's 20 years old. Yeah. For you, it's just the fuck. gameplay. Yeah, is it a good yeah. game? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, it doesn't go on sale very often because it's still played by a lot of right. people. Right, right. But it's worth the 60 bucks, hmm. undoubtedly. Even if you only play it once. Yeah. Like a really long time of gameplay. Even if you put it on... Like the easiest mode. Yeah. And it's just fun. Yeah. It's fun to die. But you just do it again. And you can pick it up and put it down. It's like, yeah, that one's great. It's I'll just have to check it out one of these days. I highly recommend it. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, I started with video games with, with a console. And yeah. my first console was yeah. an Atari 2600. Right. The neighbor kid had something else, but I don't know what it was. I was too young to know what it was, and but the Atari Twenty Six Hundred was what we had, and then everything changed 
when I got my Nintendo. And then it was just video game crazy for the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo. And we played as a family. My parents loved Super Mario games. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was it was a big thing. And then probably at 16 or so, it stopped because that was then 15 or 16 because that's when the internet happened. So then I didn't play video games for probably 10 years. Like little bits, but not a lot. Now, the element of video games that really fascinated me and continues, well, not so much now because I really don't know what she's into anymore, uh, due especially to the fact that I don't get to see her as often as I used to when she was a lot younger. But I watched my granddaughter go from newborn to she's going to be 15 this year. Mm -hmm. We let her have access to electronic devices at a fairly early age, starting with a tablet. And we got her all the kids' games. So, you know, first it was the Tokaboka stuff for the, you know, the toddler age group, and then there was a whole bunch of others that we discovered. And, you know, once you're into that genre of, um, of game app, you know, you learn what the most popular ones are. You learn what the ones that are doing a good development uh, of teaching right. life skills and, and things that they need to learn before they go to kindergarten and stuff like that and stuff that they might be interested in doing. And she, she, was, she uh, caught on really quickly um, we probably created a monster in allowing her to have access to, uh, uh, an iPad at a very early age because, um, uh, she didn't want to put it down ever. Um, but we, you know, tried to set some fairly fair rules about, you know, okay, so, you know, at a certain point you do have to kind of put it away and go to bed and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, watched her go through uh, app game apps that went and, uh, you know, appealed to a, an older an older audience. Mm -hmm. And then eventually she stumbled across something that ended up blowing everybody's minds. Minecraft. Get a girl. And she learned Minecraft so fast. Mm -hmm. And was building worlds that were just blowing our minds. Mm -hmm. She would show them off and show what she was making and talking to other Minecraft players and watching Minecraft players on YouTube so that she could figure out how to do stuff. And, uh, and that was a thing that I found really uh, fascinating watching her grow up is that I watched a child develop her mind and her knowledge and her skill set in a manner that I never could have fathomed growing up myself. Here was this girl who I swear to God has probably never uttered the words, I don't know. Because the minute she is presented with something, 
she isn't aware of the answer for, she knows where to get it. Right. Which is a, a power yeah. unlike anything a child has ever had in times past. Mm-hmm. The pinnacle of our experience with that with her is that she was so excited about Minecraft and what you could do in it. She wanted to get Darlene involved. And since she had her own tablet and we had our own tablet, she said, put get Minecraft installed so that I can play with Nan in Minecraft. And of course, Darlene, being the noob that she is, could not figure it out as quickly like Olivia lost her patience to the point where she actually got mad at her nan for like she thought her nan was stupid or something because she just wasn't getting it what she had to do mm-hmm. and it didn't and, and and it wasn't just Minecraft either it was anything that she tried to play interactively with with uh, Darlene yep it just she couldn't pick it up fast enough for her liking and uh well that was the end of that there wasn't going to be any interactive play between olivia and darlene and olivia just started you know playing with kids her own age and then we you know had to have the big talk about you know be careful who you're playing with and how much you reveal about yourself because it's not always what it seems in the people that you're talking to on the internet yeah we were like a broken record with her on that stuff to the point where she started getting mad at us for bringing it up all the time and uh, but yeah it's ju- it was so fascinating to watch her evolve through the world of technology and games and apps and um and you know the, the stuff that she's into is is just it's mindless uh get you know hoarding of of things sure. you know like uh, uh what is it animal Animal Crossing? Animal Crossing. On the Switch? She's totally into that. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Game. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. That's, that's I haven't played that game for a reason. eating up a lot of her time. I'd be all over that motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's her world, digitally, as far as gaming is concerned. Um, Does your wife play any no, kind of games? She, no, I got her to play one game, and she really liked it, and played it a bunch, but she could take it or leave it. Right. Yeah, she... It was just like, yeah, all right. Cool. That was fun. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what, the fuck? what do you mean? How was that just fun? Yeah. You're not, you haven't done this, you haven't done that. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Needless to say, Darlene never got into it. No. I think a granddaughter would get into it if she, say, got a PC now. Yeah. Because this is about the age. Yeah. Because if not, she's just going to stick to her Switch and her mobile. Yeah. Which. Well, I mean, she has a Windows laptop for school. It's yeah, not too shabby. Right, but... But... Yeah, you got to be into it. you got to be... She also it's, doesn't it's have a lot of money it. to buy games either. And I think Switch and Switch games... Uh, are very expensive. Yeah. Yeah, Switch so games are expensive. She uh, typically only has games that have been gifted to her from uh, family members. And That's stuff. usually the case at that age. Yeah. But yeah, watching her play Minecraft, man. She had that shit figured. You know, I was talking about how I'm alienated. Or like, I'm the old guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I play Minecraft. You did, eh? I do. Oh, you do? I do. Oh, wow. I love that game. Wow. (laughs) 
Yep. Yeah. Talk about the old guy. There are old guys that play it, but it's like... Yeah, I would imagine that's too. rare. Yeah. Yeah. What I found really fascinating about Minecraft was when they started bringing it into schools. Oh, yeah, the My Minecraft education? Yeah. yeah. Yep. I was like, wow. Yep. That's unexpected. But it was very successful. Mm-hmm. And now I'm on a, a break. My break on video games started sort of the beginning of December mm -hmm. when uh, that reading goal was... Coming down to crunch time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I can't miss this. So, <laughs> so and then it just, I just didn't go back yet. So, so let me oh, well. pose a question to you. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't play video games anymore. Sorry. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm a little bummed. Yeah? Yeah. Because I think it would be fun to play games with my daughter. Right. Okay. Get her into it. Yeah. And save her. So you're looking forward to that day. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah the same way as you're excited to watch it, Star Wars with your kid or yeah. some shit, right? Yeah. Yeah, just something that you got a lot of joy out of. But, really, at the end of the day, it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I now recognize my issues with it and the damage it can and has done to me. So, but you haven't allowed it to rule your world. I did. It has ruled my world in the past. But not absolutely. Lately. No, it gets close, mm -hmm. and it does for a little bit. It does for like a week or two. How do you, how do you control it? Um, just the natural evolution of my, all of a sudden being disinterested in things. So it's the same okay. thing with me doing a million different hobbies. Right. I've done fucking every hobby that you can think of. Yeah. Until I get bored. Uh-huh. And it changes. And that's part of your OCD. Uh, I think it's part of... Part of it. I think it's ADHD in to a degree. Well, yeah. And I know yeah, some sorry, people... that's who, what I meant. Uh -huh. That's what I meant. ADHD. But I think that happens with a lot of people, too. But anyhow... Um, and and it you're does right. Happen. It does. Yeah, it does. It does. Um... Like, I mean, by the time I finish the campaign that I'm on right now with Civilization, mm -hmm. um, I'm probably going to take a break from it from a, for a while. Right. Because it's just getting too familiar. Right. Mm, yeah, I... Too predictable. Mm, interesting. Mine is, is, I am fully into it, fully invested in it. And when a thought creeps in of dissension... To that um, admiration, I know that it's nearly over. L like, I am, from this point on, I am pretending like that thought didn't show up. Because I still want to play, but I know that I don't really give a fuck anymore. So I fight it for a bit, and then when something happens that keeps me away from it from, for even one day, it's like, eh. I'm not super enthused or driven to go back the second day. Mm -hmm. And if I go two days, eh, it's over. Hmm. It's a really weird sensation I get. Yeah. And I only recognize it took, it took um, that, um, that time with covering from my eye surgery to recognize that feeling mm. that I get it. 
So, yeah, I'd be kind of bummed, but I wouldn't be. Because for me to play any more video games beyond Minecraft, and even then, I need a new PC, or I have to step to the point of getting a console. Right. Both of those are very expensive. That's an interesting part of video games that we haven't touched on today. What's that? Is streamers. Oh, yeah. And, uh... You had talked about previously about, you know, um, how you make decisions about buying a game. Because mm-hmm. in, in years past, it was mm-hmm. blind faith. Yeah. Either you looked at the developer you some and you trusted liked them. It. Yep. You read it in PC magazine yep. or exactly. some crap. Yeah. Right? <laughs> read the computer paper. Yeah. <laughs> or, but now... In your you instance, to watch you go to YouTube and you watch people play yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So, which is and really, really cool. And I let that be the deciding factor whether I well, buy yeah. a game or not, too. Right, of course. Because it'd be like, hmm, that looks lame. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could get into that. And then you just go, nope. Right. Yeah. And then the, then the, <clears throat> the twist on it is then streamers. Mm-hmm. Is watching them play in real time. Yeah. And engaging with them. Right. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild watching, like being a part of a community mm-hmm. of thousands of people watching this one person concurrently. And you are a community. And you can... See, that I don't get. God, it's wild. It's I just a really it. interesting experience. Right. Yeah. Like, I... Like, why would you want to watch someone else play the game? Usually, it's because they're entertaining. Right. Like the greatest example is... Because they're narrating this... as they go. Right. Yeah. Right. And Too Olivia big. has done that. She's streamed? A, 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 no, Olivia watched. has watched other people. Um, but, but they're not... And, and, and maybe they are. Maybe this is what we're talking about, and this is just like one genre of streaming. But she would be watching YouTube videos of people making playing a game and like turning it into like a comedy a stand-up comedy thing they are playing the game but they're spending just as much time making fun of the game or you know just hamming it up to the to the extreme and olivia's just like sitting there watching this and laughing her ass off right because these people are hilarious if they weren't making fun of video games, they would be making fun of driving a car or, or sure. you know, walking down the street, look at all those stupid people or whatever. Um, but is that kind of what it's about? Yeah, so the one guy I was going to give as an example does that. Yeah. And his name is Dr. Disrespect. Oh, yeah. That dude. <laughs> I, I, watch, I used to watch him quite a bit, like five, six years ago. Yeah. When he when he was just getting really big mm-hmm. um, and he has a costume he puts on oh, every day wow. he's got a persona his name is Dr. Disrespect obviously his name's not Dr. Disrespect but he sunglasses mullet he's like and it, he is funny he's sassy he's pretty good at games yeah so when he dies, because first-person shooters are his thing. Right. But when he dies, he goes batshit crazy, like rage. And it's just 
beautiful. And um, he's an older guy. He's, he's, well, an older guy. He's my age. And um, he's, just, he's just figured it out. And super entertaining. Like, there are some compilations that are absolutely worth watching. And uh, the allure is his entertainment, um, him playing with other people. And it is interesting and fun to watch people playing video games of a game that you enjoy. Oh, okay. And they play it way better than you ever will. Right. So watching someone complete a task masterfully mm -hmm. is entertaining. Right. Like watching like Norm Abrams from New Yankee Workshop building a fucking table. Right. I'm never building a table like that. Right. But I will watch that all day. Yeah. Right? Some guys are more like Dr. Disrespect, like I say, he is, um, he's good at games, but he's far from the best yeah so but he he makes up for it in entertainment value right he's long been said the most entertaining streamer ever and he's made millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars because of it but then there are other guys that aren't so flamboyant mm -hmm. but are like Sharp. surgeon yeah precision yeah and they're super entertaining yeah. to watch. Yeah. For example? A guy named Shroud. It was the okay. one that I played with. Yeah. And then they would team up sometimes, yeah. Dr. Disrespect and Shroud. Oh, yeah. And it was just incredible to watch. Very entertaining. And so, yeah, and they stream six, eight hours a day, five, four or five days a week. On the same game? Usually, or they switch it up. Usually the same game. Oh, wow. Usually the same game. So they find something they like and that's what they stick with usually for a while. They, Usually it's not a game that they like. It's the game that everybody else likes. Oh, okay. You play what the people want. Right. Right. And that's right. how it goes. That's how it goes. Oh, and for what it's worth, yeah. I have I have watched, but it, again, is it was it streaming? Yeah, I guess it was. Um, what's that game... It's a, it's a survival game. They parachute you out of a plane. Fortnite? On... Fortnite, yes. I watched a couple of different characters stream their gameplay. But, you know, it was it turned into a, a YouTube video. So I wasn't watching it live. Right, right. Right? Oh, I was yeah. watching it after the fact. Yeah. Of these characters playing Fortnite. And the narrative that was going along with this was hilarious yeah. because you know they were they're encountering a lot of other real people in the game and these you know these guys would very um expertly cut these people down with the Decimate. stupid decisions that they were making and how they were you know getting killed uh long before they really needed to and uh, yeah so I, I can sort of see the value in it, but it didn't keep me so engaged that I had to keep watching more and more sure. and more. You know, I'd catch a couple of videos and I had only, I was only watching them because I wanted to see what it was actually like to play the game because I was considering maybe Plenty. buying it myself. Right. And after watching two or three different people play the game and, you know... <laughs> completely diss everybody else that was playing with them in that particular moment in time. I was like, okay, I could see the allure to this game, 
but I have a feeling it's going to be very difficult to play, and I'm just not not into it. First-person shooters are hard games to yeah. get into. Yeah. Because everybody plays them, and everybody and, who plays and them has been playing, playing for keeps, them, and they've been playing for years. Yeah. And they're all pretty much the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's nuts. What I'll do is I will look up my favorite clips of Doctor Disrespect because he had he had a guy working for him before he got banned from Twitch, <laughs> um, who would compile the week's like best clips into ten minute videos, and there are some that are just hysterical. And it's still available on YouTube. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he streams on YouTube now. Right. So yeah, I'm sure they are. So I just have to look for uh, best of. Oh yeah. Or highlights of uh, Doctor Disrespect. Yeah. Yeah. And just know that he's just mental. Yeah. Yeah, and just purely an entertainer. Yeah, it's fun. But yeah, that's a, that's an interesting aspect of streamers. So those are the big ones. Like thousands and thousands of people watch. Mm -hmm. guys like that mm -hmm. but it's also fun to watch people that have tens or hundreds or less than 10 people play a game that you really enjoy mm -hmm. because then because generally if you're streaming it seems you're pretty good at the game mm -hmm. you've got a level of confidence mm -hmm. that you're willing to put on display yeah not, unless you are just so shitty it's a meme right <laughs> But, um, and you interact with them and you talk to them about how they're playing, what they're playing, do they have any suggestions? So, you know, like, you learn how to play the game better. Like, I got, I got world ranked playing Diablo 3 for, for a bit. And it was through studying and talking to other people who played it and hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. So, streaming is really neat. Because you just you learn how to play the games that you love. Yeah, well, I don't know if I have anything more to say about video games. No, I don't think so. kind of emptied my bladder, so no. to speak. I miss arcades. Yeah, I never really got into arcades. I would do I was, I, I, I did have a pinball machine phase for a while. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, I would do a lot of weird stuff to get a pinball machine. Yeah. My first encounter with a pinball machine was in a a store we had in the town that I grew up in. This is, you know, this is kind of one of the reasons why I enjoyed growing up in a smaller town. We had this store, and I, it is it, what to call it a store was simplifying it way, way too much. This place was called Jed's, and it was like not even a block away from the train station of the end of the commuter line coming out of Montreal heading north. Okay. This store was a combination sit-up counter restaurant, pinball machine, candy store, comic store, game store. Wow. That sounds like heaven on earth. Like, it was just unbelievable. I should have spent more time in the back area where the games and the comics were than I did. Because when I went, it was usually, 
I found some money. Let's see what I can buy with this found money. And it was usually like, yeah, yeah, you know, it was usually like a couple of chocolate bars or, you know, a, a couple packages of different kinds of gum, Bazooka Joe, you know, bubble, you know, whatever the case may be, um, or an ice cream cone because they sold ice cream as well, um, or play a couple of goes at the pinball machine. Right. And the reason why I enjoyed playing it there rather than in an actual arcade is because there you were very likely to be left alone because there weren't gonna, any other kids that came in the door weren't coming there to play pinball. They were coming there to go look at the comics or to go see what toys were on display or whatever. So, yeah, that's, that's how I got into pinball. Do you uh, remember what it was? Oh, God. No. It's in there. It's in there somewhere. Yeah, it's in there somewhere. It would have been a classic game, though. Like, it wouldn't have been a, a, a lame pinball machine. It would have been a good one. It would have been a good one. And then, some genius opened up a pool hall across the street from my high school called Mario's Pool Hall. And what was great about that place... Mario probably opened it. Yes. Uh, it had three or four pool tables. It had at least two or three pinball machines. A jukebox in the corner. And I swear to God, they made the most amazing French fries I have ever had in my life. Like, this guy made it into a science. It's, it's a wonder that the guy's not there anymore. Because... He must have made a small fortune off of that high school. But yeah, they had some pretty good um, machines in there as well. And then they started getting into the electronic stuff too, like, you know, what was it, Galaga or whatever. And all Galaga's that. a dope Gal game. Yeah, and Asteroids and the full gamut. But then by the time you started seeing these major, major arcades show up, I had already lost interest in them and it wasn't going to those kinds of places anymore. Arcades disappeared when I was probably 17 is when they started to disappear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they were always, they were sort of always around mm -hmm. from my childhood. Yeah. Like there were video games at the hockey rink. Yep. And shit like that. You spend a lot of money in arcade machines? Well, it certainly wasn't my money. Right. Most of it. Uh, but yeah, no, I enjoyed... I enjoyed arcades for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I fell in love. I always liked pinball, but something happened to me at... There was a, an arcade at Esso Plaza beside the old theater mm -hmm. that had uh, the Terminator 2 pinball game. And I played it. My buddy and I went to a movie there like every week because it was the cheap theater. So it was like a movie for a buck or something. Anyway, so we'd go and I would play that pinball machine and I missed a movie once because I just kept going and I had a crowd around me. I was the fucking pinball wizard for a bit and it felt so good. I can still remember that feeling. That game was so great. I would love to have Terminator 2 pinball machine in my house. They're worth a lot of money. A lot, a lot, a lot of money. 
I'm really racking my brain trying to figure out what that solitary pinball machine was in Jed's. And I don't know why it keeps popping into my head, but it might have been Dukes of Hazard. Oh, wow. That is a good one. Yeah. That is a good it one. might have been Dukes of Hazard. But I'm trying to figure out if that's right. If yeah, that's you could right easily timeline. make that up. Yeah, for sure. You could easily convince your brain that it was Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. But still, it could very easily have been. Yeah. It would be cool to like go like on like the Montreal Reddit or something and ask people if they remember Jed's and be like, does anybody remember Oh, hey, let me tell you something. When I've posted on my blog about Jed's, oh, yeah. that has attracted a lot of people. Really? Oh, God, yeah. Because people who would come to my hometown mm -hmm. just for the summer to spend summer with their grandparents or whatever yep. fell in love with that place. They couldn't believe it. Because it was cool. just like paradise for a kid. It sounds like it. It was like paradise. And for me, it was a pit stop. Because I loved going from my house to the, the bridge, the train bridge that crossed from our town onto Laval Island. And you weren't allowed to, you weren't allowed to be on that bridge, but screw that. It was the place to go to get the hell out of Dodge without having to go many, many kilometers in and you know, down the river before you get to the first actual bridge for cars and pedestrians. And I had a beautiful place that I could escape to there in the summertime to get out of the heat and everything because halfway across the span of this train bridge was an, an island and I would just cross the first span get off the tracks and go down the hill onto this island. And it was like my own little sort of paradise in the middle of this huge river. Cool. And if you were there in the heat of summer, when the water levels finally went down reasonably, you could actually cross over to yet another, even bigger island in the middle of the river. And if you made it over there, well, you were basically in another world because no one would be able to see you from either shore. It was that densely uh, forested and stuff. And uh, <laughs> you start looking around at what was on the ground over there. You knew that some, some serious fun shit was going down on that <laughs> island on a day-to-day -day basis, especially at night and on the weekends. But yeah, so Jed's was like my final pit stop of what are we going to get to have on the rest of the journey to the island in the middle of the train, you know, the middle of the train bridge. 25 cents went a long way at Jed's back in the day, let me tell you. Because, you know, back then, packs of, fucking giant packs of gum were like a nickel. A bottle of Coke was like a dime. A bag of chips was a dime. So, yeah. If you found like a dollar, it was like, holy shit. We're eating good tonight, yeah, That's friends. right. <laughs> Eat like kings. Crazy. 1979 to 1985. Hmm, yeah, so it probably wasn't a Dukes of Hazard machine. But it would have been something that epic. I know that for a fact. Just trying to think, what were early to mid-70s pinball machines based on? It wouldn't have been Star Wars, because Star Wars didn't come out till 78, 77, 78. Yeah. There was one my dad loved, and yep. it was the Black Knight. Oh. The Black Knight. That was his, and that was a popular one. 
that's the kind of shit I think it was based on. Is just goofy. Yeah. Like on nothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or cartoons like fucking Smurfs yep. or mm-hmm. some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah, there was. I remember one it was Ten Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Right. Pinball was fun. Still is. And you had to try not to tilt the machine. You start bumping it, trying oh, to yeah. get that extra little juice out of that flipper action, and the next thing you know, it's like tilt, Boom, tilt, and you're like, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Forfeit your points. God damn, I was on a roll too. A game driven by the law of gravity. Yeah, I never thought we would uh, get more than an hour and a half of that topic, but. There you have it. Video games. Hooray! (laughs) (laughs) More than enough for a full episode right there. Oh, yeah. Easy. So, uh, hopefully we'll have something just as interesting and exciting for you on episode 25 when we see you again on uh, the next episode of Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Yeah, I was thinking about uh, the episode before you arrived. I was kind of worried. We'll talk a lot about video games because we really don't play a lot of video games.